Hey, thank you so much for clicking on to this message. My name is Harrison. I am the pastor here at Kingdom Church. You picked an extremely special message to click on. We are in our year-end series called Expand, and we are believing in faith that God is about to expand this place in 2019. So we encourage you to sit back, relax, enjoy the message. I, uh, I want to read us a bit of scripture that's going to take us where we want to go today. It's found in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. It says this. It says, He, speaking about out a little from the shore, then he sat down and began to teach the people from there. Next slide. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the net for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But, someone say, but, because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. We're in part two of our series, Expand. And today's message is a special title. So if you could look to the person next to you, look to the person next to you. And tell them, look again. Look again. The title of our message this morning is Look Again. Uh, This is a super um, exciting series for us, as we said in the announcement time. This is our year-end series, and what we believe this series is going to do, it's going to push us towards the vision, push us towards the purpose that God has for us here at Kingdom Church. Uh, We really want to make an impact in this community. We want lives to be changed. And we're so excited that every single week that Kingdom Church has been in existence, lives have been changed. People have given their life to Jesus. And that's why we exist. Please. And so part of what we're doing in this series is we're taking a year-end offering. We're calling it an expand offering. And what this offering is doing is it's going to push us in vision and in purpose to what we want to do in 2019. Uh, And for those of you guys who were here last week, uh, at the end of the message, what we did uh, is we gave everyone in the audience $5. Who was here last week? Just clap your hands. Some of you guys are like, oh my gosh, I missed the one week of church. They gave away money, and they didn't ask for money. Uh, But it's funny uh, how how it went in the message for those of you guys who missed it. Wow, you missed out. Uh, For those who weren't here last week, what we did at the end of the sermon... um, as I just said, if everyone could look under their seat, there's, there's something there for you. There's $5 there for you. And uh, it's funny, like, when I first said it, not everyone believed it. Uh, I went back and listened to the message, and as soon as I said it, you can hear the crowd kind of laugh. I'm like, well, so funny. <laughs> and, and they laugh. And, and so that I, had, I, I knew that people kind of laughed, but there was, there was one visual that really stuck out in my mind, and, and one person that I focused in on when I announced they were giving away $5. Uh, and that person is Kreja. Uh, you guys, Kreja's in the back on the slides. Just clap your hands for Kreja back there. And, and so she was sitting, last week she was sitting right here front and center. And uh, as soon as I was like, hey, there's $5 under your seat, I, for some reason I just I caught on to Kreja, uh, probably because she was super animated. And I was like, look under your chair. And she was like, no. She's like, no. <laughs> and it's funny because like, she's on our team, but uh, we didn't tell anyone about this, just, just Christy and I, and we wanted to be a surprise for everyone. And, and so she was like, no. Like, I, and and like, she, like, she like, did one of those things, like, she like, was crossing her arm. She's like, there's no way. She's like, there's no way there's something under there. And, 
it's funny. I was like, no, I was like, there's, there's, there's something under there. And, and, and when I saw a cruiser, like I, I was like, and I, I haven't talked to her since then about this, but I was like, you know what? That's the look of someone that's been tricked one too many times. <laughs> like that's the look of someone that's been got one too many times. Cause you know what it's like when you get tricked a lot, like you have a difficult time trusting people, right? It's like, I, I want to illustrate it in a way. Um, Prince, could you come up for, for a second? Prince, this is, give a round of applause for Prince. This is my Prince of Peace. Oh, Prince, you got something right there. All right, take a seat, Prince. Oh. Everyone say, ah. Oh. Do you guys remember that one when you tell someone to look down and you hit them like that? And then like, so there's like a whole generation of people that won't look down now. Prince isn't a part of that generation. It was a test on his part. <laughs> he's, like a he's like, how could a pastor get me like that? <laughs> but what happens is like, there's a whole generation of people that won't look down because like, I don't trust it. And so I don't know exactly Kreja's whole story, but something has happened in her life where she's like, I'm not looking again. Like, I refuse. And it's funny because I knew something was there, and, and all I really wanted to say to Kreja was, Kreja, look again. Like, look again, because when, whenever... We, we have whenever we've been hurt, whenever we have doubts or, or, or just any insecurities, our, our, our main response, our natural thing is to protect ourselves, right? And so in order to protect ourselves, sometimes we'll just avoid things. And it's funny because when, when I announced the, the last week that we're doing a year-end offering, I think for a lot of people, like, they kind of got tighter all of a sudden. Like, this is one of those churches. But you see, the point of this offering is for us. And, and what we talked about last week, this whole offering is, is for us. And what we want to do through this offering is we want to begin to change what our perception is of what giving is. You see, a lot of us have this uh, preconceived notion about what giving is. But what we want to see today is that, that God wants us to look at it again from a new angle, from a different angle. Because a lot of us, and whether it's, it's through pain from the past, maybe some of us have been part of churches, or we've heard about churches that abuse uh, funds. Maybe some of us, it's just like, hey, someone else will do it. Someone else will, someone else will, will take, uh, take on this load. And for whatever reason, a lot of us have different reasons for why we don't necessarily want to give. Maybe we feel like we don't have anything. I don't have a job. I'm just a student. But what God wants us to do this morning is God wants us to look again. He wants us to look again. So we're going to be in uh, the book of, actually, you know what? Before we get to the book of Luke, I want to say one thing, too, uh, just in terms of this offering. Uh, we have three core values at Kingdom Church, and accessibility and innovation are one of them. But the first of our core values is generosity. And so what generosity means is that as a church, we want to be generous. Uh, we want to give away uh, as much as we can, and whether that's time, resources, talents. We want to give. We want to be generous. But the thing about churches is that churches can only be as generous as the people that go to church. So if the people that come to church aren't generous, we can never be a generous church. And this actually isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing because what you need to understand, what we all need to understand, is that there is no such thing as a church without people. The people are the church. We are the church. Everyone who is here, you are a part of the church. Generosity does not happen without us. So as a church, we will always and only be as generous as the people who are in this church. And that's something that we want to, to teach. That's something that we want to preach. And, and last week, we looked at a story, if you guys were here, about a rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler, the story that we looked at, God asked him to give something, and his response was to close his hands. He, he kind of folded his arms. And he's like, no, not me. 
And what we said last week from the rich young ruler is we never hear anything about him again. We don't know what his story is. You see, as a part of this, this offering, we're beginning to tell a story here at the church. We're beginning to tell your story and how your story connects to this story. And, and so what we want to do is we want to open our hands. We want to open up. We want to look again. So now, someone say now. now. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5. Uh, I'll give you guys just a little context of what's happening. This is a book found in the New Testament. For those of you guys who are like, what's the New Testament? Super simple. The Bible is split into two testaments, the Old and the New. In the New Testament, Jesus is there. And so today in this story, Jesus is there. And uh, he's surrounded by crowds. If you guys have been with us, a lot of times I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus is often surrounded by crowds because he was just so cool and people loved him. And so um, he's there. And the central character in our story today is this man named Simon. For those who have any uh, biblical understanding, biblical background, Simon uh, becomes Peter. And so today I may interchange their names, Simon and Peter. But just so you guys know, Simon is Peter. And this is a biblical theme. Uh, When Jesus comes into our lives, he wants to give us a new name. What was broken, Jesus calls fixed. What was lost, Jesus calls found. And so Jesus often gives people new names. And so Simon in this story is just Simon because he's just met Jesus. But he's about to become Peter. And so... It says this, it says, uh, Jesus saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Now, one thing I like to do is I prepare my sermons. I like to read through texts and I like to just notice things. That's the best way for me to preach is to notice things. And so there's a few things I notice right away in this text. Uh, if you could go back to the first one for a sec, Krish. The first thing that I noticed is it says at the water's edge, there was two boats. There was two boats. Jesus only gets into one boat, but the Bible tells us there was two boats. So that's the first thing uh, that I notice. And if you're like, why is there two boats? Uh, I'll give you the answer at the end of the sermon. But keep it in mind. I'm trying to keep you guys interested. So you don't fall asleep. Two boats. Next thing I notice is that Jesus does not ask to get into Simon's boat. He sort of just hops in. He's like, this seems good. And so the reason that Jesus got into the boat was because the crowd was on the shore. And so if Jesus got on the boat, he would be able to go into the water and kind of create himself a stage, much like I'm on right now. And so it makes sense for Jesus because he's able to expand uh, the area that he's preaching to. But for Simon, not so much. Because like, Jesus is just straight hopping into his boat. like He doesn't really know this guy. It's like if I came into the parking lot and I was like, can I get a ride home after this guy? And like, I've never met you before. right? And so he hops right into the boat. And, and what I want us to see in this is the first thing he says to Simon. He says, Simon, could you put out a little from the shore? And so what I want to see for this is when God comes into your boat, he's not necessarily going to ask. Sometimes he's just going to be there in your life. And I don't think it's by coincidence that out of those two boats, Jesus chose Simon's boat. And I don't think it's by coincidence that you chose to be here this morning. Because when Jesus wants to get in your boat, he'll come into your boat. But then he says to Simon, he says, put out a little from shore. And this is kind of the progression of how Jesus works in our lives. It's, It's little by little. It's step by step. It's day by day. He says, put out a little from the shore. Some of us who've been coming here, we've been moving one step at a time, and and that's fantastic because that's how Jesus works. It's one step at a time. For a lot of us, coming to church was like something that was not new to you. It was just foreign, and so it's one step at a time. And so Jesus teaches the crowds. The crowds are amazed. It's going really well. And when he finishes, 
It says he finished speaking and he said to Simon, he said, Simon, put out into the deep water. Let down your nets for a catch. So we have this progression. He says, Simon, move out a little bit. And he's there for a while. And then Jesus says, okay, Simon, now it's time to go into the deep water. It's the progression of our relationship with God. It's step by step by step. And then all of a sudden, he says, let's go out into the deep water. And in the deep water, it's this water that is no longer safe because where it is deep, you can drown. And, and the main thing that I see when, when, when Jesus calls Simon to go out into the deep, Jesus is calling Simon further away from the shore. What was on the shore? The crowd. The crowd was on the shore. You see, what I notice about the life of Jesus is the life of Jesus was often filled with him being surrounded by crowds. There was crowds of people, but what the people that really got the in-depth, the people that really got to know Jesus were the disciples. It was, it was the crew. And so Jesus has this crowd, but what he's calling Simon to do when he goes on to deep water, he's saying, I need you to push away from the crowd. And what Simon didn't know is Jesus was calling him to become a part of his crew. There's the crowd, and then there's the crew. And the crew is always in deeper water. The people that experience in the, Jesus in the deepest way are always a part of the crew. And, and that doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't love the crowd. But the crew are the people that experience the full picture. The people that experience Jesus to the fullest. Uh, I have a pet peeve. Can I tell you guys my pet peeve? Thank you. I just needed permission. I was going to tell you anyways. Uh, one thing that really ticks me off, and let me know if any of you guys are, are on this train with me, uh, it's like this. Um, I'll say like, hey, uh, what was the Oilers score last night? 7-2. That's not my pet peeve. My pet peeve is when someone goes, we won. Oh, we won. We scored seven goals. And I'm like, oh, we won. We scored seven. Any, any guys, we people out there? We scored seven goals. We won. We played amazing. No, they played amazing. You were sitting on your couch watching. That's any, is anyone else on my train? Am I the only one? A few people. There's a few people. Like, you did not do anything to, out, to, to change the outcome of the game, especially if you were at home. It's not we, it's they. We're just a part of the crowd. And, and I've, I've got pushback. Like, I've talked to people, and they're like, no. They're like, I actually, uh, I'm a season ticket holder, and we support the boys. <laughs> We're there at the games cheering them on. Let me tell you why that's faulty logic. I actually believe that Edmonton has the best fans in the world. Come on, clap your hands. We have some of the best, most passionate fans in the world, but for the last 12 years, the Oilers suck. They suck. There was one year outlier year. The rest of the year is like, they're bad. But we have the best fans. And so the only logic that, that comes to me is that the fans, as great as they are, don't really make an impact on the game. You guys, you guys see what I'm saying? Some of you guys are like, I'm never saying we again. <laughs> it's them. <laughs> you see, when it comes to our story with Jesus, I really believe that there's, there's a crew and there's a crowd. And the people that make the biggest difference, the people that actually can change the outcome, are those who are in the crew. 
The crowd is fantastic, and, and don't get this wrong. If you're just coming here, you're, you're a guest. We want you to be in the crowd. Keep just being the, because Jesus loves the crowd, and you can love Jesus in the crowd. I know people are passionate about the Oilers, and you're in the crowd. You love, that's fine. But what I believe is that for us to get the most full experience, the deepest experience, Jesus wants us to become a part of the crew. He wants us to, to be on the team. And what I say to every single person is that if you come to this church and you are not a part of our team, you're missing out. You're not less spiritual. You're not not saved. You're just, you're just missing out. Because there, there's something better about being on the crew is what I believe in. And I know that a lot of us have a whole bunch of different things going on, and it's tough for all of us to be on the team. But I'm telling you, well, until you join our team, you can't experience it. We have people on our team that are not even serving, and they come and just show up. It's like, what are you doing here? It's like, well, I just want to be a part of what's going on. I don't want to miss it. Because it's the best. And so part of what we're doing with this expand offering, because we understand this, for everyone, it might not be in a time, in a place, in a season of your life where you can serve right now. And that's totally fine. But what we're doing with this expand offering is we're giving everyone another opportunity to become a part of our team. Because there are different ways that we serve. Some people serve with their talents. Some people serve with their treasures. And so with this expand offering next week, what we are doing, we want to give every single person in this room an opportunity to get off of the sidelines and come into the game. And what that looks like when you give that offering, I promise you, you will be changed. This is for you. And, and what we want to do in 2019, every single outreach initiative that we do, every single person who was here for baptisms last week, clap your hands. Every person that gets baptized, and we're believing in 2019 that the best is still yet to come. We haven't seen nothing yet. We haven't seen God even begin to move yet. But you need to understand that every single dollar that you give, you are making a difference. And what you are saying is, I played a role in us being able to do that. And here's the biggest thing. I have a pet peeve, and I'm not saying that serving and anything's going to change this. I hate when people call this my church, like mine, like Harrison's. Oh, go to Harrison's church. This isn't my church. This is God's church, first off. This is Jesus' church. But number two, uh, we want it to be our church, your church, not mine. And, until, and, and so I want us to have that, not with the Oilers, but with this church, I want us to have that we adverb, right? Where it's like, we are a part of this. This is my church. This is the best place to be. There's nowhere else I would rather be. You need to come here. And that's how we're going to begin to expand when we begin to take ownership over this place. And when it's no longer Harrison's church or it's no longer the person who poured me coffee this morning's church, the person that greeted me, it's my church. And whenever we invest in something, it begins to become ours because you have a stake. You, you have a piece of the game. You're a part of it. And, and so what we are doing with this offering, and I said this last week, we do not need money. This isn't about need. This isn't about us coming up here and saying like, hey, man, the bills are going to be off next month. We're fine in that aspect. This offering is for us as a church to expand, and to grow in our faith. Jesus calls us deeper a little bit at a time. And so he says to Simon, he says, put out a little deeper and cast your net into the water. And Simon answers, he says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. We haven't caught anything. There's a few things we need to understand. Number one, at this time, uh, this is at the Sea of Galilee where this story takes place. The people that fished, they would fish in the evening. 
And the reason they would fish in the evening is because, number one, that's when the fish were biting. Uh, but number two, when it was darker, uh, they had these huge nets, and so their nets were more uh, just camouflaged and more hidden in the night. And so they would often fish in the evening. And so they had fished that evening, and they hadn't caught anything. And that was unusual. That's a bad night. Someone say bad. That's a bad night. And so what happens now, we're in the middle of the day, and Jesus says to Simon, he says, Simon, cast your net into the water. In other words, what Jesus is asking Simon to do is something that doesn't necessarily make sense. In fact, it's almost illogical. Because what's going through his mind is like, Jesus, we just fished all night. We didn't catch anything. Why would we go in a worse time, in a worse place, and try to catch fish now? It doesn't make sense. And, and when I say, hey, we're guys, we're taking an offering for some of us, it doesn't make sense. I'm just not in the proper place right now. I gave my tithe last month. It doesn't make sense. But what I believe that Jesus is saying to Simon and Jesus is saying to us today, he's saying, look, again. He's saying, look, again. You know, one of the first things um, that we did when we started this church, and I, stole, I told you guys the story of how we started this church, just the kind of the spark notes version of it. Um, but uh, we, I quit my job. I left um, salary and benefits and all that good stuff. And uh, it was, I mean, Christy and I, like God has always blessed us. And just so you guys know, I'm going to be very open and honest right now in case this makes you uncomfortable. Um, but it's okay. Uh, and so we're a two-salary family household went down to one. So what that means naturally is we have half of what we had before. And uh, although we have half the income, we still have all the same bills, like mortgage and car payments and all those good things. And it was cool because like, God was calling us to, to start this church, and that's the sacrifice that we had to make. And we get it. It makes sense because this is what God is calling us to do. Um, but Christy and I both felt in this time when we first started this church that another thing that God was calling us to do was to give to it. Um, and so before we started this church, when it was just a thought, uh, Christy and I gave the most money we've ever given to this church, the largest donation we've ever had in our lives. And I'm not bragging, don't take it like that. I'm just telling you guys a story. And although we felt like God called us to give this money and to give this amount, it still didn't necessarily make sense in our hearts. Because no matter what we say, like we're moving in faith and it's going to be good and God's going to let this work out, no matter what, it's, it's still hard and it still didn't necessarily make sense. And a part of us, I know we both felt it, like, well, what if we want to start a family? What if we want something else? What if our, our car needs fixings? Are we going to be able to do this? Yet God still called us to give. God said to us, look, again. He, he said, look, again, and I can tell you this, ever since we did that, uh, God has given us an overwhelming and abundantly um, just excessive amount of peace. I'll tell you guys that since we started this, this whole journey about eight or so months ago, uh, I have not once for a second, and I can't speak for my wife, and she can, you can talk to her after, but I have not once for a second worried about finances. Not once for a second. And understand this. In the last eight months, uh, our personal bank account uh, has gone down every single month. And I'm telling this for two reasons. Number one, I don't want anyone here thinking that I tell you to give and God gives you more. Like, hey, you give a hundred, God's going to give you a thousand. Right? Like, I'm not saying any of that kind of stuff, but no matter what our circumstance looks like, what we have had throughout it is peace. And, and, and I fully believe in my heart, had we had not given in a time that was not good for us, we wouldn't have the peace that we have right now. And it's funny because as we head to this offering again, God is once again calling us to give. 
But one thing that I learned then that I can take now is that I don't want my giving, I don't want my generosity to be a reflection of my feelings. I don't want to give only when it's good. Do you guys get that? I don't want to give only when it's good. You see, for a lot of us, we let our emotions dominate us. Simon, I'm sure a part of him was like, this doesn't make sense. I'm not going to put my neck into the water. Some of you are like, I'm, not, I'm, not gonna get, I'm just not in the space. I'm not in the time to do it. But I don't want to let my emotions dictate what I'm doing. Because I have a belief that faith isn't a feeling. A lot of us are like, I just had this feeling. Faith isn't a feeling. It's not. And, and here's the thing about that, because I believe that our feelings lie to us all the time. Our feelings lie to us. Some of you guys are like, yeah, that's my grade nine boyfriend. <laughs> feelings just lying all over the place. Yet so many of us live our lives based on our feelings. Well, I'll give if I feel good. I'll, I'll serve if I feel good. I'll be happy if I'm happy. I'll treat people well if I feel like it. But our emotions lie to us. Yet we let our feelings dominate us. But faith is sometimes saying, I don't necessarily understand it. I don't necessarily feel it, but I'm still going to do it. This week, uh, I was really struggling um, to write this sermon. And it's something that happens every once in a while. And uh, it, it was funny because, like, as probably Monday or Tuesday, um, I just didn't really feel like preaching this message. Number one, I, I didn't really feel like coming up here and talking to everyone about money because it can be uncomfortable at times. But I also, I just didn't feel like I had anything to say. I didn't feel like I had anything to write. I didn't feel like I had anything to give. And so what I did is I just kind of ignored it. Just kind of put it away and I got distracted. And, and a lot of times what I've realized is that when I don't get down to doing things, it's just the distraction is really just me being afraid. Like afraid I don't have anything to say. Afraid like no one's going to listen. And so it's easier to do nothing than to really just put that fear in front of us. And so a lot of us, when we feel fear, that, that emotion of fear, instead of moving forward in faith, we just ignore it. A lot of us right now, and I believe in faith that God is stirring our hearts, but we have to push past fear. And, and it's funny, as I was going through this message, and this is kind of where I got the title for this message, I had the story picked out, but I didn't know what I wanted to say about it. And so what God said to me very clearly this week, he said, look, again, he said, look again. And I just, I read it again, and suddenly, what was not there before, just, it came out very clearly. You see, what God wants to do in our lives is God is asking us to look. Again, he's saying, what do you have? What do you have that you can give? And a lot of us, we felt like it was nothing, but God is saying to us this week, look again. Look again. And it's funny because as Simon Peter, we're about to see here, um, He's about to act contrary to his feelings. He's about to act contrary to what makes sense to him. He says, he says, Master, we have worked hard all night and we haven't caught a thing. But he says, but because you say so. Not because I feel it, not because it necessarily makes sense, God, but because you say so. I will let down the nets. This is what faith is. It's saying, God, I don't, understand it. I don't really get what you're, you're calling us to do, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. God, because, what, because you say so, I'm going to forgive that person. Because you say so. You see, if we let our feelings dominate us, there are so many things in life that we're going to miss out on, not just giving and forgiving 
in loving people, in serving, in helping. I don't feel it. But because you say so, I'm going to do it. And that's what faith is. That's what faith is. And, and so it says, when they had done so, they had caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. When Simon trusted Jesus, when Simon put his net in the water, Jesus filled them up so full that their nets began to break. You see, the reason Jesus is calling us to give, what we're going to do next week is God wants to fill up your net. I'm not talking about your net worth. Jesus is going to fill up your net next week. He's going to fill it so full it's about to overflow. What I told you is what God has filled us with is peace. So full that it overflows, so full that I don't have to worry about what's going to happen next. And that's a peace that passes understanding. That's a peace that can only come from Jesus. But Jesus guarantees that for us. When we, when we put our feelings aside and say, I'm going to live by faith, God is going to fill our net so full that they're going to begin to break. At the beginning of the sermon, I told you there's two boats. You guys have been wondering the whole time, like, what's he going to say about the boats? Two boats. Jesus goes into Simon's boat. Simon is the one that has the faith, and Simon's boat is filled so full that the nets begin to break. But look what happens next. It says, so they signaled to their partners in the other what? The other what? To come and help them. And they came and filled both so full they began to sink. Did anyone get that? You see, there's a very specific reason, I think, that, that Jesus chose Simon's boat. And there's a very specific reason that Jesus called us here today. And a lot of us, are, we were sitting here, and we're like, I did not think that I came here for this. But Jesus called you here for a reason today. And Jesus wants to fill your boat so full, he wants you to overflow so much that you're going to be able to fill up someone else's boat. You see, some of us are wondering, like, well, how come that person's not here today? Like, this person needs to hear that message because I know they got a lot of money. But Jesus called you here today. He wants to fill up your boat, not your friends, not your parents. He wants to fill up your boat. But the reason he wants to fill up your boat, get this, it's not for you. It's for someone else. Because when we're full, we're able to fill up other people. You know, last week when, when we gave you guys the $5 and uh, there's no tracking devices on those bills and so... Um, I don't have a clue what you guys did with them. But I know, and as much as this pains me to say, uh, I know there's a lot of people that probably didn't do anything with them. In fact, there's people that may have just spent it on themselves, which is between you and the Lord. <laughs> but what happens, and what you don't understand, the reason we gave you this money was to help someone else. It was to fill someone else's boat. But here's the thing. Because it goes full circle. When we fill someone else's boat, it in turn actually fills us up. You see, the reason we gave you that $5, the reason that we wanted you to, to impact someone's life, that we wanted you to help change someone's life, was because we knew that if you did that, it would actually help you. You would feel good about it. And so the reason that I'm not going to get down on you guys if you didn't do anything with that 5 bucks, and if you're like, man, I wish I had that 5 bucks," But I'm not going to get down because here's the thing, you missed the blessing. You missed what Jesus wants to do in your life, the peace that he wants to give you, the reward that he wants to give you. He wants to fill up someone else's boat. And if you missed that opportunity, the great news is you can do it again this week. 
I'm not going to tell you to look under your chairs. We don't have it this week. It's going to come from your own bank account this week. But I really encourage you to do it because there's a blessing that you missed out on if you didn't do it this last week. Uh, and, and if you did something with it, you know what I'm talking about. You know what that blessing is. And so when it comes to December 15th, which is next weekend, when it comes to our expand offering, we don't want any person in this room to miss out on the blessing that God has for your life. For a lot of us in this Christmas season, in this Christmas time, as much as it can be about giving, we kind of forget about that and it becomes about us. But what we're doing next week is we're saying, God, in faith, I'm going to give and I'm going to, I'm going to believe in faith that you're going to impact someone else, that you're going to change someone else, and in turn, you're going to change me. Friends, next week, I believe, is the stepping stone for our faith. It's the stepping stone. And so for anyone in this room, you're thinking, I don't know why I'm here. I'm not sure if I, I was supposed to be here. You're here for a reason. And it's to make a difference. It's to change someone's life. It's to help us as a church to expand. And I promise you, I want you guys to see this. Every single person next year, every single person in two weeks that raises their hand, gives their life to Jesus, every person that is baptized, every dollar we donate in the new year, you can say, I played a part in that. I'm part of the team. I made a difference. And so this is a thing we're starting in faith as a church. And it's something we want to do continuously. We want to continue to build the story that God is building here at the church. But it's going to take faith. It's going to take faith because for a lot of us, we've never done anything like this before in our lives. But that's why as we declare this song in a second, again, it's, I'm going to build my life on the firm foundation. We're saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you to do what I couldn't do. I'm going to trust you to do more than I could ever do. So we hope you guys are here next week. But I just, I want to take a second before we sing this last song. And uh, I just, I just, I want to just let this moment uh, just kind of hang for a second. I want God to speak to us and just ask him to say, God, what are you asking me to give? There's, there's no price tag because anything is a sacrifice. It's just between you and God. But just ask God, God, what do you want me to give? And in faith, I, I think some people might say, hey, I, I have time to give. I have time. I have talents. But just ask. We're just going to just, just sing the melody. They're just going to play for just 30 seconds, and they're just going to sing the closing song. But just ask God. Just everyone close their eyes and just, just see where God is leading you guys. If you could stand and just soak in. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you feel like God is calling you to take part in this expand offering, we would love to see you in person on December 15th. If that doesn't work out for you, you can give online via the Tidely app. Just look up Kingdom Church in St. Albert and you can give as simple as that and it will go to this expand offering. If you have any other questions, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and we look forward to seeing you soon. Take care.